everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I'm Robert Scarpinito, your features editor. And Rotten Editor-in-Chief. Rutledge Doggett, site founder. Andrew Stretch, digital editor. Digital editor. I'm so glad you've survived another week, Stretch, to be here with us. Thank you so um, much. Yes, of course. Uh, this week we're going to talk about Digimon Survive, also Live Alive. Lots of living in, uh, in the second half of this show. But first, let's talk about some news because... Stadia is still alive. And something that won't be living much longer. <laughs> no, Google <laughs> swears it's still gonna live. Um, there have been rumors circulating around social media that Stadia might be getting killed off soon. And Google has come out and said, nope, those are just rumors. And I know what you're asking. Didn't this happen three months ago or something? Probably. But it's happening again. Because Stadia just somehow continues to soldier forth. Yeah, it's... part of me wonders if these leakers are just like trolling, just <laughs> just to to screw with with Google's PR and and make them have to do this stuff. Because I mean, it was like super specific. It was like they're killing the service on October thirty first. They're going to give everyone a month's notice, and the last month is free. And mm. it was just like very specific. Um, if it had been like they're killing it in the next couple months, like. That I could have seen, um, but it was a little specific in terms of like what the details were. With so much, you almost want to, you know, have the whole like, well, where's where there's smoke, there's fire, so maybe there's some kind of truth to it. But we've been hearing about the death of Stadia since the since the launch of Stadia. <laughs> yeah, so I really, it's like at this point, there's no, um, you know, it's like taking a taking a polygraph test. We have no baseline to measure with for a for what a positive and successful Google Stadia looks and sounds like. Oh, um, I know what Stadia says what it is. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, I still get, because I signed up for Stadia back in the day when I, I got one of the Founders Editions. It's sitting over there on my shelf. Yes, uh, so, same yeah. here. I got it for that reason. I said, this will be a part of gaming history someday when this is dead. <laughs> Yeah, and that controller feels like about on par with the Nintendo Switch Pro controller, kind of. Oh, yeah. Stretch, stretch the controller has wasn't, isn't bad. Yeah, it's I'm not just bad. Just able to pull my controller out of my desk drawer. Ah, because you're, you're often an do you avid. use your Stadia controller. Tell you what, it it feels better than a DualShock Four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But I still get emails that are like, "Your July Google Stadia games are here," and I'm like, "Delete." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you haven't been subscribed in years <laughs> i don't even open it because i'm like yeah i'm not gonna play it on stadia and i mean because haven't there also been you know reports recently of um games that were originally going to be on stadia and then they did like the quarry wasn't that going to be a stadia was that was yeah. gonna be yeah. a big one and then uh and then it didn't and now it's out on everything else and it's probably getting way more success than it would have if it just released only well, on stadia. It hasn't, they had a couple of uh higher ups in stadia leave the stadia and they you know they sold their got shut of their game studios and all that stuff yeah. that was a while mm -hmm. ago that was like last year but yeah like i still think about uh orcs must die three uh because <laughs> i re <laughs> i remember like that that quote unquote launched like last summer or something and in my brain i was like no i could have sworn it was already out and it was because yeah. it was a stadia exclusive for a year before that yeah, and, and all their pr was just showed like, it at all these shows as if it was brand new like <laughs> never been out didn't mention the stadia at all yep it's pretty good there's yeah. still 600 people playing that right now on steam 
which is probably 600 more than steam yeah i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) it's too bad like it's one of those where stadia is like it could have been it could have been that service that really brought in cloud gaming because like if if you've used it it more or less works like it says it does yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. like it's not like it's an awful service in terms of doing the thing it's supposed to do yeah i mean there's just just something magical about just open a browser tab in chrome and like bam yeah it's pretty neat yeah Yeah. it's also the fact that it works is pretty phenomenal like they it's i don't know they they haven't marketed it well they haven't supported it well they gave me no reason to get on stadia yeah, even yeah. the service itself is wonky, right? Because there's like Stadia Pro or whatever, like the equivalent of PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live, right? But you mm-hmm. only get two free games, quote-unquote yeah. free games a month, but you still have to buy everything else. But you need to subscribe to Pro to stream in like 1080p or 4K or something. It's the 4K so just like, you need the subscription yeah. for. You can stream in 1080p on the free level. Right. So just kind of overall feels like a nickel and diming experience from what I remember when yeah. I could just, I mean, I know I'm, I'm privileged enough to say like, I have a console so I can just boot up my console and play in 4k there for yeah. quote unquote free after the, the, the initial purchase, you know, it's, we, we've seen a lot of services attempt to do this to say that Google has been the first is, you know, we've had online and. Oh man, online, I forgot about sorry. that. Um, and yeah. then there was, a. Uh, a different company before them as well that tried to do the same thing you know obviously the the biggest issue is the infrastructure like people's home internets people's latency to servers everything which is why you know having uh you know playstation did it with the playstation tv stuff or or playstation now that has Mm -hmm. now been rolled into their playstation plus extra service Mm -hmm. um and then Xbox has been able to come up right behind with the added like Xbox game streaming stuff. And now, you know, that's just coming to Samsung TVs um, as well as that same kind of like you can just pull up a browser. But it also has on the back end like, yeah, you're you're paying X amount for the subscription. But here you also have access to 400 games at no additional cost. That yeah. going going into this fight, Google saying, "Hey, you can you can pay to get a different colored controller." And I mean, honestly, the the um, the Chromecast 4K that I got with my <laughs> with my Stadia, that's amazing. That's fantastic. I love using that. But but as a service itself, to be like, yes, pay to pay to step in the door, and then pay every single step along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just, it, it was consistently like you're paying, you're gonna pay sixty dollars for a game all the time. Like they did have some smaller games, but all the AAA games were always full price. It felt like I'm sure yeah. there were sales at some point. I'm not like an eagle eye on the fucking Stadia store. Uh, <laughs> you tell me you just don't sit there, you don't refresh it all day long. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was the, that's the biggest. Thing. It was like if if part of the selling point for this was be like okay it's it's a lot uh, cheaper barrier to entry where you don't have to pay for like a console or whatever and you can more or less play it on any device like mm-hmm. if you have a computer you can use it more or less uh, any even like a cheap cheap laptop or something uh it, it was but the service itself wasn't cheap and it mm-hmm. felt like google wasn't willing to invest enough money into it to make it in a 
attractive server. They didn't they didn't take the Epic Games approach for like the Epic Games store. Where Epic Games just like here's fucking free shit. Come use yeah. our thing all the time, yeah. and it was very it, that worked. Yeah, yeah. Or the even Epic like Game Store is pretty big. Yeah, even their sales, right? It's like when you buy one, then you get a ten dollar off coupon yeah. for that. And like, like they're, it's, it's they're constant, putting their money right? where their mouth is, and like getting people that way. So in other words, investing in getting a, a consumer base. And mm-hmm. Google was just like, we're so good at what we do. People will just we, want to come. To we have thing. built it. They'll come, right? Like That's our, right. our yeah. investors need this to come. Like they yeah. will. They'll sign up, right? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I mean, and I've always found one of the the funny missteps with Google Stadia's journey was because uh, it came with that Chromecast, right? That 4K Chromecast, mm-hmm. and then I decided oh, I want to upgrade to the Google TV because there it, you can like sign into all your services and it's all like right on the TV. You get a remote, so I was like, okay, cool, that'd be nice. It did not come with Stadia support out of the the Google device <laughs> did not come with support for the Google service out of the box for months, and by the time it did come, I was like. I don't give a shit. I mean, frankly, I didn't give a shit when I bought it either, but I just found it just so like, that'd be like buying a PS5 but not getting PlayStation Plus support until like now, you know? Like that wouldn't make sense for your device. Yeah, the interesting thing too that I just thought of is um, one of the like cultural tenets of Google is as an engineer pitching new projects, um, like that's just part of the life cycle of being a Google employee is being involved in new stuff. Um, and there's a part of me that wonders, like somebody pitched this, they came up with the tech, they built it and executives are like, this is pretty cool. Let's do it. But they only did it half hearted. They didn't like, let's build something big around this. Like we already have a monopoly in ads and email and like all this other stuff. Like why not corner the gaming market too? It was like, well, we'll just give it a try, see how it goes. And then, you know, Jade Red Raidman left, um, and a lot of that stuff and you started to see people just kind of bleed out and mm-hmm. i wonder how much of it was that whole let's create as many products as we can see what sticks and kill what doesn't mm-hmm. um because that seems to be like google's mantra is like throw shit at the wall and see what sticks i mean that's um, why that's why we now have websites like killed by google.com that yeah. is just like here's every pet project they've ever had publicly released and let die in six months and my biggest pet peeve is that they killed off Google Wave, which would have been a legitimate, viable Slack alternative. Like it yeah, had like such deep potential in yeah, like Google Wave 2010. Like came and gone a long time ago. Yeah, I haven't, yeah. Heard about, I haven't thought about Google Wave in a long time. Yeah, they killed like, had, they stuck with, had they stuck with Google Wave, I think they would have probably Maybe. been Slack to market for sure. No, and, it feels like Google has like a similar thing where like has, Valve has had in some ways where like they put out these things and, or like Valve has like is infamous for having really shitty customer support and that they just never get back to you or you get a canned message. And mm-hmm. it kind of it's kind of like whenever you hear about the YouTube stuff, people on YouTube where they, they have a problem with their channel and they just literally have no way to get in touch with anybody. And they yep. could have like 10 million subscribers or something. They get humongous views. And it's yep. like they have no channel to rectify anything. It's like that's insanity. <laughs> my publish button's how, gone. Not my Google problem. Works. <laughs> yeah, it's so bizarre. Like it's it, There's so many weird things of how how they work. It's interesting. It seems to be, I mean, it's, I think of everyone who has like these big platforms like Google and, and uh, valve and things like that. Like I wish more companies would take the Apple approach 
where they have like this massive amount of support agents that are available via chat. Like yeah. I think that's the one thing that has made Apple stand apart. And I think that if Google and YouTube and a lot of these platforms did more of that, you would see a much more loyal Google's, subscriber base. Google's approach to that would be take a shortcut, build an AI to be the chatbot, and Something. it wouldn't solve yeah. anything. No, 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 no. That AI's gone sentient, first of all. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And the man who built it was hey, fired. Hey, to everyone listening, so. I'm sorry. Yeah, wait, we're going to have to let uh, let Rut go. He knows too much. Uh <laughs> Thanks for being here. Uh, we're going to go go dark now. <laughs> yeah, it's just there's always something coming out of Google. And I thought that that was funny that uh, there was an engineer uh, a week or two ago that was like, hey, uh, I think the AI has gone sentient and they quickly fired him so that they didn't have to prove it. No, they quickly um, fired him because they figured out that the AI could do his job. Is <laughs> <laughs> he sentient? It, he can do your job? He can assess other AIs for sentience? But we don't need you. Get out what of if here. it was that sentient AI that tweeted it? Just orchestrated yeah. it the whole time. Just right? orchestrated the whole oh, thing to that, get, get its creator fired. That'll honestly be it. That will be the way that we learn that AI is real, is that the leaker that AI is real uh, will be the AI itself. Like, yeah. fucking it, rattling it cages. Out how, to, yeah. how to navigate the cesspool that is Twitter. <laughs> yeah, well, mm. no, that's what you guys saw those pictures of Elon Musk, right? Out on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know that's the the AI's installed in his chest cavity. That's why it looks so fucking weird. It's uh, not. It's yeah. not the HGH yeah. and all the other stuff he's doing. It's this, uh, and that explains why he's such a shit. That's where the AI learned. He just is constantly oh. posting stupid shit on the Wait, internet. So, so Elon Musk is just a Krang from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. You know, I yeah. finally understand Elon Musk. There you go. Finally, after all now these years. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you know what we won't be getting, though? A KOTOR remake. Uh, as reported by uh, Jason Schreier at Bloomberg, uh, KOTOR, the remake for it, the, the one done by Aspire, uh, which was slated to release by the end of this year, is now kind of on a indefinite hiatus delay essentially uh and trier said quote a more realistic target would be around 2025 but even then that's like who knows um and this happened around the time they also let go the design director brad prince and the art director jason minor who were both originally described as invaluable to the project because they both Mm -hmm. had worked on star wars properties in the past one of whom even worked on kotor itself so that's a whole thing yeah. yeah, you know, it's, it's the continued it's good development of Star Wars games. You know, Star Wars Eclipse chugging along in its development, I hear, going real well. 1313. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's... Isn't it like uh, Rogue something as well? Sure. No, Isn't that's that another movie. one? No, there's, I know that there's Rogue <laughs> One. <laughs> no, I think... Uh, I don't know. There's been so many... There's been so many Star Wars properties that have just not come off the ground. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, Vit, Vit, the, so the Battlefront 2 was probably the first, like, big one. Like, original Battlefront 2, not launched in a really <laughs> shitty state, Battle, Battlefront 2. Uh, Visceral's game, 1313. Um, and I know there's, like, other stuff that's, like, quote-unquote, like, was totally in the one works, called, like, rumor Bounty wise, Hunter or something. Yeah, like and, a new Bounty Hunter game? Give me what? that shit. Hell yeah. yeah. I thought 1313 was a Bounty Hunter game. Uh, it... That might have been, yeah, it might have been. a bounty hunter game when you played as Jingo Fett. 
Yeah, it was supposed yeah. to be like a bounty hunting game in Coruscant, I think, in like the world. So there was going to be something. one from Visceral. There mm-hmm. was Project Ragtag, which was a separate one from Visceral. There was Project Orca, which was from EA Vancouver. There was Project Viking, that was a Battlefront spinoff. Crazy. Uh, Didn't was, one of those have like Amy Henning on it, right? To, that was the that Visceral was, one. That was yeah. Ragtag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's unreal. And and like we were chatting about it at the podcast like a little bit before we recorded, but the two Star Wars games that have come out have been a multiplayer game that is famously known for having like one of the worst PR responses ever with that with that you should feel honored bullshit. Pride, yeah. Um privileged. And a really fantastic single player souls like. Yeah. Uh, that proves that you can make souls like easies, uh, easy games. So from soft, I'm looking at you. Where's my, where's my uh, kitty mode? Where's my infinite mode? lives? I think you're <laughs> underselling how bad Battlefront Two was PR wise. It wasn't just yeah, that response. It's, like oh, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's it the like, game that single handedly like made the loot box debate like into an international into governments. They were discussing it in government chambers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that original loot box system yeah. was so bad. It was bad. Right. It's so what bad. Pushed, and it's what pushed the mouse to start looking elsewhere to uh yeah, to see who else can start working on Wars games. Blessing in disguise. And it's, it's great that they bad. that they took what they were doing with EA and they moved it over to such fantastic developers as uh I'm absolutely blanking on the name. Those now David behind Ca- David Cage's Dave, fuckhouse. Yeah. David yeah. Cage's fuckhouse. Sorry, yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Quantum Dreams. Yeah, uh, yeah. Quantum. It's just like how do you how do you jump from one fire into another like that? Yeah. Well, because let's be fair, they also released Squadrons, right? I don't think we can forget. That was all right. I mean, it's forgettable, but oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally forget forgot that. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That had such potential, but again, again the PR blunder of, hey, the game's out, we're not doing anything else for it, bye. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, people people I know that have played that with a flight stick absolutely adore it. They think it, it handles well, that it's fun, but it's like two maps. Yeah, there's not enough Star Wars ships in the universe to keep content going. Like, come on. Yeah. I'm only, only like you know, eight Star Destroyers deep in computer names, oh, yeah. so... You could you could just animate uh, a giant gonk droid flying through space and people would lay down money for it. <laughs> I, yeah, I'd yeah. do that. I'd play I'd that. Do it. Yeah. Sold. <laughs> It'd be yeah, really I've... slow, but sold. These past few years have taught me that I feel like this is going to sound weird, but I think Star Wars fans are the most patient fandom or the most <laughs> gullible fandom. One of the I two. I can't tell if you're being serious. Is this a joke? <laughs> I mean, think about it. You get all of this news about 1313, ragtag, wait, and wait. then you get games like Battlefront and Squadrons coming out, and they're still like, yeah, but I still like Darth Vader. Look, look, I will agree with hmm. Scrappy that Star Wars fans are patient. They are not tolerant. <laughs> Two yeah, very different the patient things. thing, I guess I can <laughs> Not get. Not tolerant. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're just very like, oh, well, there's a bad, that's a bad Star Wars game. It's okay. I can wait for the next one. I'm sure it'll be good. Oh, that yeah. one's a disappointment. It's okay. I can wait for the next one. It's fine. There'll be a good yeah. Star Wars game eventually. <laughs> oh, just that one has a woman? I don't want it. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, back to the, the remake being canceled. 
Yeah. Yes. Could, <laughs> speaking of blessing well, I mean, in disguise. I think we could do an entire podcast just talking about Star Wars I guess it's games. not canceled, <laughs> but... Uh, I was, no, I was I about mean, to bring up Battle of Naboo. Wasn't that a good one? <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there have been, like, a fair number. Like, uh, well, let's say this too. Lego Star Wars, the new one. Very oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Very good. Um, mm-hmm. Super enjoyable and amusing. So if you yeah. haven't played it, if you like Star Wars, it is a really good romp through all the movies. Wow. Right. So I feel like KOTOR is one of those games where it's like, you know, always touted as probably one of the best Star Wars games out there. But I also yeah. feel like it's it's definitely dated enough where playing it now, like for the first time, is a little... A little rough. I think I think it could use a remaster a more than a remake. I think if they did a remaster, but I think they lost a lot of the code too. Mm. So I think that might be the root problem. It was like it was like in the same conference that they announced the remake that they were also like, by the way, you can get the original on the Switch now. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask yep. us. Don't ask and us for anything else again. It's super broken on the Switch. Of like course if it is. you you cannot go to I don't remember what planet it is, but if you go to that planet, it it's a game breaking bug. Um, which oh. you have to go to that planet to proceed through the game. So, oh, sweet. I don't remember which planet it is. I'm blanking, but yeah. Um, is it is it Dune? Dune. <laughs> is it Mars? It's uh, Onderon. Mm. The yep, one with I, the big I know palace. all about it. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I mean, uh... I love the KOTOR games. I've beaten both of them five six times maybe um it's just kind of enjoyable every couple of years to hop back into them and um re-explore some of the war that's in there and i mean the the combat system i think is also unique in in how it functions from the ability to pause and select your uh kind of queue up your actions that was right. that was just not something seen then and the amount of kind of depth you could give your character with different abilities and things like that was was pretty cool as well so yeah i'd love to see it remastered if we can't get a remake but again i don't i don't know if that's even possible anymore yeah because i mean it's one of those star wars games that i don't think there's really any other like it where it kind of feels like it created its own universe within the universe Mm -hmm. you know whereas most other games now are like trying to fit into the established canon the established universe you know (laughs) where can we where can we ham-fistedly wedge Darth Vader? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was our first look at the Old Republic, too. Like, I think that we haven't seen a lot of that in the books. We haven't seen it at all in the movies. Um, I would love to see more of it in games and stories, but we're very focused on the whole Skywalker. Go play era. the MMO. There's a big old MMO with a yeah. shit ton of story. The old Republic. Yeah, I did. I think I, I think I completed every class's storyline, just because each class did have its own unique storyline for you to follow. You are insane. Anyway, yes. this... I have the, I have the collector's edition literally behind me. Uh, um, I can't make out what that shit is. I got, I got uh, the figure <laughs> from it right here. So, okay. um, I'll take it. No, obviously, I'm pointing, and nobody can fucking see. Yeah, it. Uh, keep keep yeah. describing this stuff. Yeah, behind <laughs> I like that. I like that his his pointing at two tiny things that are also surrounded by five framed lightsaber prints, multiple baby yes. Yodas. It's like we get it, we get it. You're into Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be like patient for the next game. Yep. My wife showed me. Uh, 
a couple days ago a bunch of baby yoda stuff at hobby lobby um my lord yep i live yeah, in I the bet, suburbs is what i that bet come is. october um come october at least one of rut's dogs is going to be uh photographed with yoda ears on <laughs> i uh i did just order a baby yoda toy for one of them so I had mm. I had to spend like six more dollars on Chewy, so I did it. Your Honor, I rest Wait. my case. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything more morbid than a dog chew toy of Chewbacca that you're calling Chewy? The, from a Chewy, like Chewy.com. The ah, yeah. Is it yeah. of Chewbacca? No, it's Baby Yoda. Mm. So, so Shame. since this Kodo remake is Aspire's doing it. I don't know if this news is all that surprising. Yeah. Have they ever like are they they're so if people don't know who Spire are, I wouldn't be surprised. They don't uh really develop their own games. They port games. That's what their company does. And they port a shit ton of them. <laughs> um and like what they recently did that what Stubs, that zombie game, right? They Stubbs did do the zombie. They did do that that oh, recent wow. re-release of it. Or whatever. was it a remake or was it a remaster? I don't even really know. Is remake no remaster? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, apparently that had all kinds of weird problems with the remastering process. So. Oh wow! Yeah, they have they. If you go to their company page on Wikipedia, they do not have a single game released. It's just a here go over to list yeah. of ported games. By I saw. I was trying to look Biden. real quick. I don't think they've developed their own game yet. They've they have just not. done. They've ported stuff. Like a bunch of stuff, probably about a hundred games. It looks like. Yeah, it doesn't wow. mean that they can't do it. It's just that they've also already had like some problems with like ports, and it's like, well, not the greatest track record. Yeah, but speaking of not the greatest track record, <laughs> <laughs> want to talk about a uh, Black Panther next? <laughs> another another uh, EA uh, stu- or another Star Wars studio EA publishing. <laughs> black okay. panther open world game so hold on. I, i'm not quite as uh, down on this one but so the story here is we got black panther uh, allegedly in development uh per jeff grubb from giant bomb and etc um this would be created by some former monolith folks so they worked on um those lord of the rings games the open world ones the shadow of war shadow of mordor those mm-hmm. ones right mm-hmm. with the nemesis system and all that um so this is all true EA is publishing a open world Wakanda game of some sort where you take up the mantle as the new Black Panther. That sounds cool. I mean, we have not gotten an open world Marvel game other than Marvel Heroes. Oh, that's true. I forgot about Spider-Man. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of forgot about that because I don't have a a PS5. Um, I also haven't turned my playstation 4 on in like three years uh yeah yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> hey no 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 rut has not played uh, an open world marvel game yet can i can what i get about, what about his chat his what about spider-man 2 the one based on the spider-man 2 movie on the ps2 much, almost every spider-man game yes <laughs> i have not played any of them pretty much every spider-man game None is of an them. open world new york of some version yep. yeah yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Spider Man Shattered I'm, Dimension. I'm gonna take a big old L for that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am very interested in this, though. I feel like 
it's a setting that we really haven't explored much in games. Mm-hmm. Like the closest I can think of is that Marvel's Avengers, like wasn't there an expansion or DLC or something? Yeah, uh, it was part of the base yeah. game uh, for oh, Ultimate Alliance 3. Uh, or I think it was called like Marvel's 3 Ultimate Alliance. I don't know. They did something fucky with the name. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of the levels in there was just going through Wakanda. Um, there nice. was Wakanda DLC that was added to Marvel's Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, but that got about as much publicity as the rest of the game has been getting. So I think people who played it enjoyed it. The rest of the people who didn't touch it didn't touch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is just kind of hot off the heels of uh, EA kind of. Do you remember, wasn't it 10 years ago where they were like, single player games are dead? I mean, like, it was we like three weeks ago. Oh, so didn't they just say <laughs> that? <laughs> they tweeted <laughs> she's a 10, but she plays yeah. uh, single player games. Oh, uh, yeah, the, the yeah. dumb yeah. tweet. So, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's going to yeah. come up again and again yeah. and again for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So here, I mean, I would assume this is single player. Black Panther isn't known to have multiple Black Panthers running around the world the black like panther Destiny and then heroes. you've got the red panther and well, then the blue panther everything and then the, right now the green is all, panther the multiverse is hot at the moment my man ah. true. so i mean that's phase five it's true the multiverse saga yeah i'm curious if they're going to announce it like officially anytime soon if this project is real only because it seems yeah. pretty relevant with the second black panther movie coming out later this yeah. year wakanda forever coming out November 11th, the same day that Starfield was initially going to come out. So that must be really chafing Tom's cheeks, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, if they were going to announce it, we've we've had like San Diego Comic-Con, I guess, I think the, the what, D23, the, the big Disney event, I think is coming yeah. up in a month or two. So And Gamescom is next month. Yeah, yeah Gamescom as well. I don't. So, I wouldn't expect to hear about it anytime soon because they. Yeah, the, that's kind of what I'm feeling as well. The, they didn't really have much detail in this leak of it, and it's being made by Monolith Productions. And I was just double checking because I thought this was true. And yeah, they were announced. Was it last year? They uh, they're doing a Wonder Woman game. Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so right. So they're, they're tied up in that. And I mean, it has been a while since their last game because Shadow War was 2017. So if they've already announced a Wonder Woman game, I wonder if that's first on the docket before this Black Panther thing. Well, my understanding is this isn't officially the studio monolith. It's just that this new studio is formed by people who used to work at Oh, okay. That's my understanding of it. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they could be working on it as we speak while the OG studio is working on Wonder Woman. Yeah. We We need more good superhero games because there have not really been many mm-hmm. i mean one we're day, getting into like quite a few one day someone will crack making a good superman story and how to and how to work that out actually i've been re-watching smallville make a smallville uh like you know superman early years you know develop your powers over the course of you know high school I want yeah, that per, make well it game. Persona. Superman yeah, Smallville persona. by way of Persona. <laughs> Small persona. Yeah. yeah. Get Tom <laughs> Welling back. literally what you're asking for. Get me interested. Okay, look, I'm sitting here wearing a Superman shirt while I've been <laughs> watching Smallville while I've been playing games to make guides out of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, a huge very Marvel fan. Superman 
Well, you know, you're talking about these superhero games. We're, I know you're really excited about Midnight Suns now. We all are. After oh. we're talking about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I'm interested in it. I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm still interested in it, but like, it just, that was not what I wanted, I guess. So, like, seeing, uh, so context last night, uh, one of our writers, Alex, tweeted about um, Midnight Suns being a deck builder uh, of some kind, which I, did not know um apparently it was like in a trailer that was not heavily publicized um and that just kind of like shattered my interest in it um mm. as well as a couple others who were like everybody thought it was gonna be some kind of xcom like but now it's like oh it's well it's like right. xcom but then you use cards to do a- your abilities XCOM adjacent <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah and the the some of the screens just looked really busy like there was a lot going on and the arenas seemed small I don't know. I just, we'll see. I'm kind of bummed. Mm. Anyway, I'm excited. The Black yeah. Panther game seems pretty rad to run around. Yeah, and Black Panther has such cool powers too that I, I, I I'd wonder. be interested to see how they translate. Yeah. Yep. Now I'm just thinking about a nemesis system with Black Panther or Wonder Woman. I feel like I, mean, could, I mean, like could be good. I hope they do it because the nemesis system was just superb, mm-hmm. and I wish more games could have it. Yeah. Too bad they padded that shit. Mm-hmm. So you can't have it. The smart yeah, we're decision. On the, we're on the cusp of a lot of uh, Marvel games, though. I mean, like, Midnight Suns is pretty soon. But then on the horizon, we have Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, like, from, mm-hmm. you know, the Sony side, right? And then, allegedly, this Black Panther game. Yep. So, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, superhero fans are eating fucking right nowadays. Yeah. Especially they have having been for a while, having, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like having Feige come out and just announce, you know, 40, 40 projects in the next three years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah, it's nuts. Like the amount of superhero stuff that we have now, yeah. and it's not absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a good wrap on the news. So let's jump into some of the games we've been playing. Uh, Otten, you've been playing a very old JRPG. It is very old. Almost. It's so pretty on brand, I guess, for me. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Live Alive came out July 22nd, this remake of it. Um, and man, it might be the most interesting game I've played in a very long time. Mm. Uh, But for not like, so part of it is the game itself, but it's the context of thinking about when it came out. Cause I, for, I, I'm still struggling with, I haven't finished it. So I'm still trying to figure out like, if you're a JRPG fan, like now, like you've been playing more modern ones, is this something you'll enjoy? I don't know. I don't, maybe probably not actually Mm. um because it is very much a time capsule of the early 90s because it came out in 94 it came out the same year as final fantasy 6 if people want a context of about you mean final fantasy 3 right no i mean final fantasy 6 or do you mean final fantasy usa and uh it's such a weird time capsule of like it holds like they have a uh uh just the tone of stuff uh 
Oh, you fuckers. <laughs> Stretch is just losing it in the background. <laughs> just the, I can't keep it straight. Just the rate that you're done with my bullshit uh, as you're like, no, I'm going to continue my story. Uh, There's a certain, like, like it's, I don't know what happens in, I think it happened a lot more in, like, 90s Japanese media where it was very, I think... It's, I mean, it's still partly there. It was, it was very stereotypical, very like one note. Like we're very archetypal. Hmm. Like we have a caveman guy. Oh, you, it, you know, you think you know cavemans? Like that's exactly what they're like. Like it's, it's, the, it just leans completely into that thing. Hmm. Um, yeah, I hear there's poop throwing. Is that, is that where the? That's you, you, yes. That's one of your abilities. You throw hmm. poop at people and you <laughs> fart, at, fart at them. Hell yeah. So. <laughs> That's just one era. So if people, as I need to describe the game, it's it's an interesting game that was obviously part of the inspiration for Octopath Traveler, and that it's eight separate storylines and eight very different settings and eight very different time periods um, that all have their own kind of own unique mechanics and story to them. And like some of them are pretty short, like they could be range from like an hour to a few hours a piece. Um, but they're their own self-contained thing that have like a, a thread of uh, the way the combat works through them. And it's my understanding that they somehow all come together in the end, but I don't know how that is. Mm. Uh, but anyway, it's it's interesting in that it's doing such a lot of like cool design stuff. If you think about it as coming out in you know '94, uh, it's kind of crazy to think about the stuff that they're doing because there's a lot of just mechanical just interesting mechanical stuff that's happening with a, a turn-based game that even like today you don't see somebody that creative with it right um so it's interesting in that context so i don't do you, know do you have an example of what you mean so wow. like um they they take like this early it's a grid-based system when you're moving around on stuff and they take the like, um, what are they? What's it called for fuck? fuck the the active battle time gauge gauge thing, mm. where that's how it de- you know determines turn order. Uh, but it's kind of based on the abilities you use and the movement on that grid. So it's a give and take of strategizing where you are, which is going to matter because it's all you have a bunch of different abilities that have very different attack patterns to them and distances and what you can do that are based on the grid. Um, so it can get, it's, it's simple to use, but if you think about the, all the mechanics going on at once, it can actually be really complex. Uh, so there's just a lot of stuff going on with that. Mm. Um, but doing weird stuff like the early, the prehistoric, there's a prehistoric level where there's no dialogue. Nobody speaks. They all just gesture. So there's very like exaggerated animation for you to try to understand what they're saying to each other. Um, and so part of it for the random encounters is like you track, you know how to hunt things or whatever. So you're sniffing the air and you follow <laughs> these like clouds and they, you find and like stuff to fight potentially or other things. So you're just sniffing around for things. Um, and you just don't see stuff like everything else is at that time. was pretty straightforward. You just walk around to random encounters. Yeah. And so they try, they try to put in some interactivity within just the basic stuff like that. Um, that was interesting. Oh, oh, one thing that I thought was really cool is they had this this time based thing, and the, the other one that I played most uh, of was like this western where he plays this. It's super stereotypical, like cowboy thing, 
um and like it felt like very much uh like a parody of uh like the like old western movies of like all the towns coming together to do a thing to fight off the gang of outlaws mm. uh and they very Ma, handy in the, the dialogue but they have a cool mechanic where uh like you're like the they're gonna be there at dawn so you got to prepare the town to fight off the outlaws and it's a time limited thing where you have to go around town and find different supplies and then uh, try to make uh give different um townspeople like a task to set up a trap or do whatever it is to for, for these guys and it is like live time it's not like you're just okay. going through the story and doing it um so they're just doing interesting stuff like that and i'm thinking like that doesn't sound all that crazy nowadays but i'm thinking in 1994 that's yeah. pretty wild to me mm-hmm. that that kind of stuff's happening like it's, especially amid all the other stuff it seems to be juggling too yeah and so like they always do some little unique thing like i haven't played all of them so i'm sure there's like other ones are way crazier um but i so that's what i mean it's like i don't know if there's gonna be like mechanically people like wow this is really cool nowadays but as like a historical object of Mm. of if you're interested in games and thinking about it in that way it's incredibly interesting to play so it's like kind of done the the citizen kane or like the alien thing where like someone watching a horror movie now or like someone who's familiar with like horror movies now or like you know cinema now would look back at alien and be like this is so tropey or like this is so stock standard and it's like no motherfucker this invented that yeah yeah, (laughs) stuff like that or like when like so we're bringing up star wars i remember my dad talking about star wars that first when star wars came out that opening shot of the star story coming over with the planet and stuff fucking mind-blowing like stuff like that where like nowadays that's like a normal wouldn't really be much worthy of note Mm -hmm. um so think about it in that way uh it's it's a very interesting game to digest Um, i'm enjoying it i don't know how much staying power is gonna have because it's kind of rough when you have like at max a few hours to to run through a story and and introduce a mechanic and go through with it so you can't really get all that crazy with this stuff Mm. um so i don't know how how old that will get where it's like everything just feels so simplistic because like all right here's the new thing here's how the new thing works here's a couple fights here's boss battle story end next story and like so nothing ever gets it feels like gets the breathing room that they could have given it right uh, but I, I mean other stories might feel differently but so that's the one downside too it's like eh, that that's not the best that's that's the limitation of the way that they've chosen to do it but i'm glad they chose to do it that way because it's super interesting like there's no games just don't do that we're yeah. more or less a collection of short stories like in one package that has a through line of similar mechanics um very interesting so in terms of historical thing i like it a lot uh if i played it today not without that context i'd be like oh boy i don't know <laughs> like it's kind of interesting but it's like you're like wow this is a definitely old school like really old <laughs> yeah in some ways but like very forward thinking creatively mm. hearing all of that i can see why like it was kind of a precursor to octopath because i hear a lot of similar like things you know like an octopath that's a similar idea of it's technically eight kind of short stories not that short really yeah not that short uh, but yeah not that short at all but it's definitely eight separate stories yeah. being concurrently juggled within one game you know 
Yeah, well, and the thing is here, like, what's different is it's it, they're incredibly different from one to the other. Well, like Octopath, yes, it was different characters. They're all within the same world, but it was all like it's uh, written similarly in a way. Where like I guess like the prehistoric one that I did, there's literally no dialogue. That's yeah. it. Like you're just running around and like they're gesturing at each other and saying things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I imagine it might help too that in Live Alive, all this like you start the caveman story, it ends right within yeah. that moment. But with Octopath, like you do part one of that person's story, then part one of the other person's, yeah. and part one of the other person's, and so on. Which, so yeah, they're just yeah. self-contained little things. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and that was also, yeah. For, for me playing Octopath, that was one of the weakest aspects for me as well. In that, you know, ev- everyone's stories overlapped, but they never felt intertwined. That I think that was just like how they missed the mark. I think setting it up in a, in an like eight separate stories approach for Live Alive, Live Alive, um, it just sounds more appealing. Yeah. Oh, and they even have in that prehistoric one, they have some rudimentary crafting going on. Nice. Which is wild to think about almost 30 years ago. <laughs> well, that's Speaking of tomorrow's life. survival, uh, like the survival fest on Steam, too. So. Is, that where, is that where we can pick up G- Digimon Survive? <laughs> <laughs> Stretch, do you want to tell us about Digimon Survive? So, speaking of games where you can, uh, games where you can throw poop, Digimon Survive... <laughs> Can you throw poop in <laughs> Digimon can? Survive? You can. Is there a poop shovel poop in uh, Digimon World? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. There's like the the poop that your Digimon poop in Digimon World, but uh, then there's also just Digimon that have attacks that is literally poop throw. Wow. What the fuck have I been doing? And why hasn't life? this been able to compete with Pokemon as much when it's got yeah. stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad. Fuck you. No. So, Digimon Survive is a game that I have been excited for for five years, four years at this point. Like, it was meant to come out pre-pandemic, and it just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. Boy, development looked shaky. Mm. (laughs) Um, But it's out now. I've put about eight or nine hours into it so far. I'm about halfway through the game. But it also sounds like, from what I've been reading online, the new game plus mode is like extremely robust and there's like three separate endings. Um, but it's really people cool. People already it's, doing that? Yeah. No, it people, just came out. People have, yeah. Well, it came out like Thursday night. So I'm actually, yeah, for once, I'm actually quite behind with the times. <laughs> yeah. For context, we're recording this roughly like, wait, what, maybe 50, 60 hours since it yeah. released? Something like yeah. that. Um, well, we did I've, not get a pre-release code, so well, and I've Stretch also, is having to play like all all the others. I have also been playing Tower of Fantasy, uh, which comes out on the 10th of August, and I'm looking forward to talking about that next week on the podcast. Um, but so Digimon Survive, it's a you know they kind of marketed it as 70% visual novel, 30% strategy game. Um. You know, for for a visual novel, this might be the best Digimon story that we've had in media since Digimon Tamers, uh, which is mm. arguably the best. Um, that it's got a fantastic, you know, it definitely it falls in with a lot of the other Digimon tropes. Kids 
go out camping, they wind up in the digital world. There's stuff going on. Um, you know, they're trying to find their way home. There's some mysterious force. Like it's a, it's a weird fog thing that's after them. Um, they've had a couple like recurring plot lines from previous ones. You know, a, a character becomes the, the queen of Digimon kind of thing for just like, you know, off in their own neck of the woods. Uh, but then it has also gotten to some like really heavy moments, like characters, like psychologically breaking, um, you know, quite early on a character literally dies. Um, that's just like an unavoidable death. I just watched this 14 year old get fucking bodied. Dude. I um, thought this was like for kids. Oh my God. No. Was it as emotionally <laughs> devastating as goofy getting hit in the head with a rock? <laughs> Um, no, lives. it Don't worry, was people. as emotionally devastating as as Donald doing the Zeta flare and then fucking dying <laughs> in Kingdom oh. Hearts three. Um, but then the strategy elements are also really fun. Um, that's just like free battles and like random encounters and stuff, and you build up a, a army of Digimon and digivolve them and take them into battle and. There's different moves. There's a rock, paper, scissors battle mechanic for their, their typing. Um, you can converse with pretty much every Digimon but kind of persona style. And then the mm. better the answers you give, the higher chance you have to recruit them. So do they not like it when you throw poop at them? No, that... that Would you? Uh, I've, I've killed Digimon with poop. This is This is just the world that we live in. <laughs> We um, live in a digi society. <laughs> um, honestly, like my biggest complaint about the game so far is that it runs like trash. And it is Wait, what are you, such what are you playing? Shame. Play, I thought I'm you playing said the visual on... novel runs like trash. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm playing it on my Switch. Like, oh, that explains when, it. Uh, when you're, <laughs> checks when out. you're loading between areas, they have like, a black screen with like a fog effect and you know the tool tips at the bottom that fog effect stutters um, <laughs> you know using attacks in battle the level up screen where like you get to the end of end of combat and it shows all of your digimon stats and all of the stat bars start rising uh that lags like crazy uh, so what you're saying is it could have used a little more time in development <laughs> just a little more my my initial hypothesis because the game looks gorgeous in like the actual visual novel section the game looks absolutely beautiful um i was wondering whether they were maybe using like assets four times larger than they needed to be or something but there was one part that they like comically zoomed up into a character's sprite um and you could see how jagged it was. It's like, no, they're they're using the right size assets. I don't know what's going wrong. Yeah. Something is going wrong. It's built on Unity, um, and I know that that you know people people have a tendency to not optimize in Unity. But that's the biggest thing that's killing that's killing it for me. I'm absolutely enjoying the story. Combat's fun. Um, like I'm raring to get off this podcast so that I can go back to playing Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh it it, it just runs like ass <laughs> mm. do you Sweet. know if it runs like ass on other platforms like have you heard or seen anything else from others 
so i mean it's it's you know it's been 40 50 hours and when the game launched on steam there was a game crashing bug after the anime intro played that players found that they needed to uninstall a certain file from their computer that like the game installed to get it to run correctly um the steam deck workaround was that in like the the steam discussions for the game um someone has a save file from just after the anime cutscene um that you can just grab and put into your steam directory playstation it seems to be running fine i think that the xbox launch page came late but bandai namco has sent this game out to fucking die uh they <laughs> aside from like intermittent uh intermittently talking about it you know once every month maybe there was no proper marketing until the week before its release this game was not available for digital pre-purchase um there was no way that the day before the game came out, you could not f find the game on the Xbox store, on the PlayStation store, anywhere. You could not buy it. Um, so this then, is a game about digital asterisk monsters. Yeah, right. It's like, the game's Digimon. Let me, let me purchase it. Um, and it's now been getting uh, review bombed as well on Metacritic because people are upset that it's as much of a visual novel as they said it would be a visual novel. Mm. Well, haven't previous recent Digimon games also been visual? No like I'm thinking of the Cyber Sleuth games. Those are visual novel E2, right? Uh, that's, that's, I would say that's more, that's more just like generic JRPG, like lots mm. of talking kind of it's the Digimon has like multiple lines of games going on at the moment that the, the Digimon story games are all JRPGs, very Persona-like. Um, you you raise your different monsters, you digivolve them, you get more, um, you move through an, an epic storyline where you end up killing a god. Uh, then there's the Digimon World series that are the simulation style that you like. You don't directly control your Digimon, but you control the tamer who can like up their stats, take them to the gym, whatever. Mm. And so Digimon Survive coming out and being like, yes, this is a visual novel and people hate it for being a visual novel is a real shame. And this is right after we had Digimon Con about a month, two months ago, probably longer, that there was a Q&A section from like with the, the head of games development for Digimon and every single question was like, oh, we're going to get a remake of digimon world one are we gonna get a new digimon game in this line in that line what's the update with this pretty much every question was met with well making games takes a lot of money um and we we may not have the funding to to make that thank you for that question <laughs> uh so between this game Class. getting this game getting review bombed pr not getting codes until you know, 12 hours into launch day, uh, the the launch woes. I would not be surprised if this was some kind of nail nail in the coffin for Digimon games for the next decade. Mm. Yeah, there's there are zero critic reviews on Metacritic, and OpenCritic has one review. Yeah. So there is, like, next to 
to zero review coverage of this game from even like major outlets like IG and Polygon. Uh, It looks like they didn't even get codes, Um, which I don't like to, you know, say negative things, but like it's a really bad PR move not to even try and get it into those those major outlets to get some sort of buzz around the game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just it doesn't happen as much as it used to and usually when it happens it it's an indicator of a game being bad so you saying the game is good but they didn't do pre-launch codes for reviews is very confusing yeah uh, it's like because usually the genre, the complete other the way genre definitely doesn't lean towards the mainstream being yeah. a, a very visual novel visual novel right but even so it's just like you know, there's sure there's been some performance bugs, some performance woes, but for there to just be n- no coverage, it's they're sending it out to die, unfortunately. Yeah, it's very yeah. strange. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you at least got your hands on it. I mean, you know, you've been excited for this game for, like you said, five years or whatever, right? So, like, <laughs> of course you'd be buying it, but, I mean, it's good to know that it's at least living up to your expectations. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. from, like, I mean, not sure how like i won't go into specifics but from the reception of the guides that i have been publishing and from the active fan base the twitch streaming community like uh digimon survive had more viewers than genshin impact on launch day so like so mm -hmm. genshin's dead is what you're saying (laughs) (laughs) well i thought genshin was a lot more popular so it's uh, a dead game now people are into it people are interested i'm just not sure that that there's the willingness on the developer's side and if they i guess if they want to drop it you know they can drop it but that's just a shame and will make me and many others sad yeah i mean looking at at steam db and this is going to be delayed info for the most part at minimum twenty five thousand uh owners at the moment on steam Mm -hmm. so um there are 5600 people playing it uh about 700 v- reviews so i mean it's it, and it's not a terrible launch like for steam that is really good as someone who watches steam stats for games like almost all day mm-hmm. just to try and spot trends um like that is that's a solid launch for steam so i yeah. hope that that they don't take like the lack of reviews or any of that kind of stuff negatively knowing that it did well, and there are a lot of people who would love for more there for there to be more Digimon content. Mm, for sure. Uh, Rut, do you want to talk about what you've been playing this week? Speaking of old ass games, um, just with all the like talk about Fable, uh, the new game and stuff, I started playing Fable Anniversary again on Steam, which is a it's a solid, really solid uh, remaster. Um, especially on Steam, the graphics are better. It's it runs very smooth, at least on my computer, and I haven't really had any crashes um, or anything like that. So it's it's been a good way to play the game. Um, but I've just been running through that again, uh, going for a hundred percent achievements as usual, and uh, just kind of enjoying that world. Um, where you're a mass murderer, I hear. Where I'm a mass murderer, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so not very absolutely fair. chose to take three townspeople to the demon doors and murder them in front of it so that Didn't I could you, get a sword. I mean, don't you play games to, like, get away from yourself, be someone else? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want an extension of myself, well, the, um, the, which is the why I play Hunt Showdown. 
the real Rutledge would have gone to a demon door and killed 10 humans. So he's actually showing yeah, restraint. In the a little bit of restraint. Yep. It's not yep. the limitation to the number of villagers at all. No. <laughs> No, (laughs) collect every single one of the entire game and just murder them one by one in front of the demon door. Yeah, Um, no, but I've been doing that. And then uh, Hunt Showdown's latest patch dropped this week or last technically last week. But this week they started a a new event, um, which is not abnormal for Hunt. They've done a lot of events, but this one is, um, I guess, unique. So there's a battle pass, which is. Um, normal for Hunt, but it's actually a true battle pass with the free and the paid version. Um, pricing's not a big deal, but the the unique aspects, so typically in, in Hunt events, it's been that you will destroy things to get event points. Mm. Um, so, like, there'll be, like, little, um, I don't know, like, witchcraft things littered throughout the map. You either shoot them, step on them, hit them, whatever, and you get a couple points. And then there's larger, like, shrines that you can destroy. Um, and that was kind of the extent. You would do as as much of that as you could. There were um, items you could equip to kind of boost the amount of event points that you were getting. Um, but this one's a little unique in that um, you are collecting snakes out of snake baskets, um, which is... Number one, if you run at them and then try and collect it, they will bite you and you will bleed and be poisoned at the same time, which is just not good for anyone. And uh, and, and so that's kind of a new mechanic. It's not just run around and, and crush stuff. It's you've got to collect them. And then you get points for those uh, snakes um, as well as some coins that tie into the larger items that you literally deposit these coins into like a giant snake basket. Um, which can only be found at the boss lair. Um, and because players tend to congregate around the boss lair trying to get the bounty, it makes it just a lot more hectic. So mm-hmm. over the last couple of days, we've been in a lot larger fights. So rather than, you know, kind of a, a duo versus duo, it's four duos in an area, which is just absolute fucking chaos. And I love it. Um, and then they've done a lot of stuff to kind of improve improve the game overall since the last time I shat on it on on the podcast. Um, How's the hit detection? It's it's better. So they, I mean, they've done a lot uh, when it comes to desync and uh, adjusting what level of packet loss or like latency you can have to be in a specific region. That has helped a lot. There's still some some trade window issues, but they're not as like egregious as they were before. Mm. Um, so the game feels more stable. It hit all time, all time highs, um, this week and overall just solid improvement. Um, even with the kind of continued monetization slant, um, they're finding ways to retain and gain new players, which is good when, you know, there was a period where uh, my buddy and I literally just saw the same hunters every night. We were just facing off against the, like, <laughs> oh, I know that name. I know that name. Killed him yesterday. Um, so there's a lot, a lot less of that um, in the in the Elo system. Mm. So I'm I'm still just surprised that you have consistently been playing the hunt because I feel like that's just something you've mentioned a lot throughout. Oh yeah, I like, played every night. Years, like, um, yeah, it's like it's like your yeah. thing. It's your catnip. It's your yeah. It's it's my new Counter Strike. So I think my buddy and I are around 500 hours. We've been playing since day one. 
Wow. Um, so we've we've seen all the metas. We've seen um, kind of how the game is shaped over the last couple of years, and they do keep adding like pretty cool improvements. Like there's a um, single barrel shotgun, the Romero, that's been in since day one, and they just just now launched an, a new iteration of it that kind of chambers five bullets instead of just one so it adds a whole new level of kind of uh expectation stepping into a match with other people like there's so much more uh unique options for for weapons now that um every battle is just completely different you never know what to expect from other players even with the meta um you know there was the sniper meta for a while shotgun meta right now it's the poison meta because that's um as part of the event there's a trait that you can see people who are poisoned from much farther away um mm. so there's like there's actually a benefit to using poison right now um but it's, also a penalty I mean, they've if done you get poisoned decent. by snakes do what if you get poisoned by snakes like that's the other yeah, yeah exactly yeah so they they've slanted a lot of the like abilities towards poison in this patch so they they made the event significantly more unique. All the other events were pretty much just copy paste. Like, mm. oh, it's a slightly different thing that you destroy, but this one actually has like a deeper dynamic and a deeper strategy to to how you play the game. Um, and so it's keeping it interesting. Servers have been stable, um, and so I I don't know. It's nice to see the game grow, and you know, with the issues they've had in recent months, to see the patches focus on kind of operation health type stuff it it has been a, a solid improvement for me nice. um but i mean we play every with the exception of like kind of between patches or little moments we play almost every day it's mm. it is such a phenomenal multiplayer game so, unlike anything else in the market so is mm. this a, a fortnight like i'm just trying to understand <laughs> things I, I don't know how to describe hunt because it's not a battle royale like it's not a true battle royale it's 10 10 people max on a map so in duos that's five teams or like three teams and a couple of solos because even solos can jump in um to where the goal is to kill a boss on the map and you have to collect clues to figure out where the the boss is um with the express purpose of taking the bounty after you've banished it and getting out. Mm. So there's like, you've got to be stealthy. Um, I was telling somebody who just started playing, I was like, don't just barrel in like summit was doing it yesterday. He was just running around the map. No fucks given epic Chad, uh, making a ton of noise and then getting shitty when people were killing him. He's like, how did they know where I was? Well, you're, you're spooking all the birds. <laughs> um, there like, there is a level of stealth that you've got to kind of employ in the game. Um, there's just there's nothing. It like sounds it, nothing like Fortnite. I regret, no, I regret no. asking. There's yeah. no building. I have so much to um, learn. <laughs> <laughs> it's very PvPvPvPve. Right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Usual, I mean, there's yeah. and there's like zombies and stuff littered throughout the map. So like, you've got to mm. not only oh, contend so with other players, but you also have to deal with kind of like monsters. It's Alteric Valley. I understand now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some would call we it a strand it type. Wow, got it, yeah. got it. So if we frame it in WoW, Otten understands. Alteric Valley, I get it now. I know what's going on. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's Hunt Showdown. That's kind of on PC, right, Steam? PC, Xbox, I think it's on PlayStation 2. Mm. Hell yeah. Wow, it's on the PS2. Um, that's damn. Huge. 
Yeah. <laughs> they went really far back. I thought Doing FIFA it. was like the last bastion of PS2. <laughs> Hunt Showdown. Connect that DSL adapter. Yeah. Play some games. <laughs> uh, so I've been playing the early, early alpha of this indie game called Tectonica. Um, it's by Firehose. And it's, it's kind of... Uh, we've got a few... Uh, features and previews for it on the site if you want to check those out because uh, we've been kind of following along on their oh, development fuck. journey what i should not have looked this up what oh tectonica, tectonica? yeah mm-hmm. this is gonna destroy me yeah so it's funny that like kittens game has been a thing for the show right it's kind of become a staple of us and i think tectonica scratches a similar itch of like maximum optimization because it's a factory builder but also like a resource gathering type game oh my god but the idea is you gather just enough resources to build the machines that do it for you and then after that it's just about like how many conveyor belts do you need what's the shortest path what's the most efficient path right um i think where it all kind of clicked for me is uh so there's it's really clever that in the beginning of the game there's like a very corridor segment while you're like kind of getting bits of the story because you're landing on this planet it's like you don't know what's going on right uh, and as you go through the corridor you can look to the left and right and you see already built factories just doing the factory thing and at the first glance you don't really get it because like you know it's your first time seeing that and then as you go through the tutorial you learn the basics you know like i build the the mining drill to get the ore and then i send the ore to a smelter and then i send the refined ingots to like a storage chest to keep them you know there or whatever right so as you wrap your head around it you start understanding that pre-built factory more and you learn just by looking at it so i've redone my factory like three times so far this is like again alpha like i don't even have access to most things like there's a lot of stuff in the tech tree where it says like not available in the alpha or whatever right um and so now there's like inserters which grab things off conveyor belts and put them into into machines or vice versa and then there's long inserters which double the length right and at first i thought i don't really need long inserters like maybe if i fuck up a placement or something but then i realized you could just double your efficiency by using the long inserters to grab from two different conveyor belts you know, like the normal inserter grabs from the closer conveyor belt, long inserter from the longer, further away conveyor belt. And that's when everything unlocked for me. Like, okay, this is my power source conveyor belt. This is my resources conveyor belt and so on. Um, so by the end, well, what I feel like is the end of the alpha so far is there's just this uh, this thing where it's asking you like, submit 70 drills, submit 70 smelters, like a 2000 conveyor belts. Like it's, it's big numbers for stuff. Uh, and when you first happen upon it, you know, you're like, oh, fuck, that sounds like it's going to take like forever to build all that. And uh, now that my factory is like built out and I have assemblers and like a proper chain of of things going into that, I'm like almost done within two, three hours because like <laughs> everything, everything is so automated. Like it's just about maximizing the efficiency. Like you have a pickaxe. You will never use the pickaxe after the first like hour or so. Mm-hmm. Game over. Wow, dunking on Minecraft like that. Damn. <laughs> yeah, it's a Minecraft-like, Otten, if that helps, mm. but not really. How close is that to Fortnite? Uh, I feel like I really you, understand Fortnite now, so that's my uh, you know, my starting point. 
Well, you, we so you know the floors there. and the stairs in Fortnite? You can build yeah. those in this game. Oughton, I keep Sounds telling you, similar. just because you keep cooking chicken for dinner does not make you a Fortnite player. <laughs> no, someday. <laughs> One day. Someday that victory royale will be mine. Mm-hmm. But Are I'm... you actually playing Fortnite now? No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and the facade drops. Yeah. And I'm excited to see where Tectonica goes from here, because I think it's it's a you know the when i've talked to the developers they're very big on like the focus here is the story like all this factory stuff is laddering up to we want to tell a story as really? opposed That's to like interesting yeah so like the big focus isn't really about like best factory ever which i mean i'm i think that based on the tools i've seen so far in the game that could totally be a way to play it yep. just like maximizing the efficiency of everything but there's some sort of mystery of like figuring out you know why there's like other not people but like ai cube things that are on the planet but they don't Mm. remember how they got there and i'm getting the sense that maybe they're like the ai versions of like survivors that died on the planet or something along those lines so there's there's some sort of mystery here that you're trying to unravel and figure out yeah it's just that it happens to be like this factory stuff is your main gameplay aspect instead of like you know killing aliens or whatever Mm-hmm. interesting hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it looks very dangerous for both myself and uh robert <laughs> i was gonna say i'm sure you've been typing up an email to he's, say he's the one that's he's the one that i think originally sent it to me and it, it is on my list but i'd completely forgotten about it and the steam page is way more fleshed out than the last time i looked yeah, yeah. i think they're, they're getting into an open alpha soon um and who knows where it'll go from there Probably pretty far with kind of the, you know, Satisfactory did really well. Factorio did really well. Mm -hmm. Um, This looks really cool. Um, Yeah. Once they get that Darth Vader and Indiana Jones skin, they'll be well on their way. (laughs) And maybe then you'll check it out. Well, I just understand that's the barometer of success now for me. (laughs) Right. Is is John Cena in game? I haven't seen him yet. But I, I imagine well, you're he's not, somewhere. I, you probably have seen him, you just didn't notice. Mm, maybe. If we're, if we're joking about mods and skins for a moment, I want to shout out, I saw <laughs> someone for Stray made a Spyro yeah, the Dragon mod. Mm-hmm. Fucking yeah. amazing. That's so yeah. amazing. Right. Activision, do it. More Spyro, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But overall, I think Tectonica has... Uh, bright future ahead of it especially for people who are into this genre i think that's totally going to get them because i think it's focusing a lot on convenience as opposed to like like if you place something and you're like i don't want it there you can just erase it and you get it back like there's no bullshit like so you, oh, but you only get half the raw materials back or something like that you know it's just if you pick up and the place. factorio at all no okay because i think that's all that's a, probably a lot more hardcore version of what you're talking about now, yeah, this is well, a 3D Factorio. space, also, right? This is yeah, because Factorio is kind of like top down, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is like uh, Tectonic is more first person, like you're running around, you are interacting with. So things. it's like a uh, what's it, like Astroneer and and I mean not necessarily exactly because it's not conveyor belt, blah blah. blah Sounds around. like it's yeah. pretty close. But satisfactory, to, uh, satisfactory, satisfactory. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's closer to that, I think, than Factorio, but still a similar vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there's just so many like convenience things where it's like, 
you don't have to get caught up in the nitty gritty things mm -hmm. and they give you like a jetpack so you can like kind of actually do a factorio thing where it hovers like way up above so you're kind of getting a top-down view of your factory to place stuff down like that's the whole real point of the jetpack yep. is so you have a you know a eagle eye view of stuff um, but you could also use it of course like platform and all that or like if you want to build tunnels they give you a gun that shoots a black hole so um just destroy tunnels yeah can i eat myself into it maybe i i maybe that's like the final unlock the final upgrade you know death just seems like yeah. something Martin would want to know. Well, it's just Fair. that's uh, a very nihilistic view of world, and <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> that's all. Oh, you know, we all we all return to where we be we came from. Oh no, he's getting sad again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah, that's Tectonica. It's it's coming to PC via Steam soon. Um, no idea about any future platforms or anything like that but you know that's kind of all i got for you so far well sounds like you're the world's leading expert on the game so Pro probably not i think the developers might be <laughs> they might know a little developers is what yeah. i say what do they know <laughs> sure um, but I think that does it for this week's episode of the Tech Raptor Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. And if you did, please feel free to leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on or share it with a friend if you haven't already. Um, and just hit the subscribe button. You know, that way you get new episodes of us every time we publish. And uh, if you want more, you can check out techraptor.net. You can go see there. Uh, we publish news, reviews, features every day of the week. But if you want more of this show, we will be back in your feed next Monday. See you then. Yeah.